Hey, great day. So before we get into today's podcast episode, I have a huge announcement. We are bringing back the Abundant CEO Private Practice Bootcamp. This is a three-day virtual party that I'm inviting all mental health therapists that either want a private practice in the next six to 12 months, or you already have had a private practice, maybe for the last year, five years, or even over a decade, but you want to understand wealth and cash flow in your company. You want to learn how to show up as a CEO and work more on your business versus in your business. Maybe you want to assess the health and the wealth of your current or future private practice to really see if you're on the right path to increasing your revenue, to growing your practice, maybe to streams of income later, or maybe even a group practice. Bottom line is you will walk away from this three-day bootcamp clarifying and understanding your niche, understanding how to show up as an abundant CEO, and most importantly, assessing the health of what you believe is a profitable private practice. So head down to the show notes and go to the link drtk.com forward slash links and sign up for the bootcamp. I'll see you there. Now let's head into the podcast episode. Hey, mental health therapists. In this episode, I'm going to share with you the three myth busters that can help you decide if returning back to the office or solely building your practice via telehealth or a mixture of both will be the best for your business. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Branding for Abundance podcast. My name is Dr. TK. I am a licensed clinical psychologist and success coach. My goal on this podcast is to simply teach you how to proclaim your victory in your relationships, academic and career endeavors, business, money, and your mindset. Learn some simple tools and techniques to brand your life for abundance and live your epic lifestyle. Hey, welcome back to the Branding for Abundance podcast, where mental health therapists learn how to brand and build a profitable business and lifestyle. So I am your host, Dr. TK, clinical psychologist and number one therapist business coach. Now, as you can see, if you are watching this via video, in addition to listening to this on the podcast, I have came back to doing videos for my podcast for YouTube. And so I want to explain my setup. If you see me looking down to the left, for those of you who are watching on a video, I have a lot of notes and I want to make sure that I include all of the points because this will be a very epic episode. So make sure if this is your first time joining me that you grab your pen and paper because you definitely are going to have some things to think about, some things to journal on and take massive action. So um, about a month ago, I did an Instagram poll and I started asking therapists that are on my feed, on my list in our community where do they get stuck at in their business in terms of adjusting back to our new norm or adjusting into our new norm? And so I had a few things continuously come up over and over again, but one of the questions that continued to come up is, do I, talking about them, do they go back into the physical office or do they stay online? Which one is better? And so what I've done for you today is I have breaking it, broken it down, I'm sorry, into three different myths. And I call them myths because the way that the questions come through is they come through more as statements, which means that mental health professionals may believe that it has to be black or white. It has to be all or nothing, okay? So let's go ahead and jump in. Myth number one that I have seen in my polling is 
that therapist should go back into the office because it is better for the therapy client. Okay. So one thing I would request that you do as a mental health therapist is ask yourself a better quality question. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to rearrange the words that you use to ask this question and then we'll go into a reframe and we'll share I'll share some things with you okay so a better quality question would be how is going back to the office better for your therapy client which means that you have to have a very good idea about the clients that you serve and so let's directly go into the reframe so First thing you want to think about, and this is where you would have your pen and paper out, is what has been the difference between similar clients that are currently on your caseload and their presenting problems and their transformation. So if I see two adult clients, it doesn't really matter their age unless that is linked to their presenting problems, but let's just say they both came in to tackle adjusting, working from home, having children, having a partner or spouse, and They came in though for the same thing, okay? And so what I really want you to look at is commonalities amongst those clients to determine if they actually were successful in treatment via telehealth over the last year, if that's how you chose to deliver services. So first look at your caseload, okay? And then also ask yourself, if you saw some of these clients before telehealth, did their progress tremendously increase? Meaning, did it improve? Did it stay the same? Or did it deteriorate? Some of those clients may have prematurely terminated from therapy because maybe they prefer to be in person. So you want to first do an evaluation of the clients that have come into your office or via telehealth and really start to compare and contrast the outcome that they had because what I'm really getting at is, is this a myth from therapists or is this a myth from our potential clients. So another way to reframe this myth is what are your hours when you are providing services via online on telehealth versus in the office? And so I can personally state that I had or I have way more flexibility when I am providing services online versus in my office. Now this also could depend on your living situation and where you're choosing to see clients. Currently, I'm in my home office. My home is a tri-level home, which means that I can literally detach from the rest of my family. I can detach from my three-year-old and my 10-year-old sons and my husband and the loudness. And because the only thing that's on this floor is my office, the front door, and the garage, the only thing I would have to worry about is interruptions with my children going in and out the door and maybe slamming the door. Why is that important? If you choose to work from home, the workspace has to be conducive to you providing therapy services. This is why some of my clients that are in my coaching programs have chosen to keep their office during the last 14 months, maybe because their home was not conducive to providing quality therapy. Now, on the other end, if you were in the physical office and we never had a pandemic, we never shut down. I want you to really reflect on what was your availability like at that point. Again, 
I wasn't working every day of the week, not that I am now, but even my hours were restricted. I would come in later and leave maybe later or earlier on certain days based on my drive home, traffic, clients availability to get to the office. So these are things that you want to consider before doing a all or nothing decision in terms of you moving your practice to, you know, back to the office. Okay. Now I do want to share what happened to me way before this current era that we're currently living in, because I was exposed to having to move my practice via telehealth three years ago. Okay. And so if you've tuned in to, you know, my podcast and, or potentially some videos, you may have heard me reference a motherhood series. And in this motherhood series, I basically broke down how I had to move my entire practice within 24 hours online because I went for a regular checkup. I had a very high risk pregnancy and my OBGYN took me off work that day for a regular checkup. And she basically said that I was on bed rest at five months pregnant. Now, one of the bigger issues was that I had not told my clients that I was pregnant yet. I planned on telling them that December in which I would be six months because I was not showing a lot either. And really the only people who figured out that I was showing or pregnant were my teenagers and they asked. So the reason I'm sharing this with you is because I immediately had to take my clients online. And in terms of the myth, if you know the office is better for my client, I actually gave my clients the choice. It was not all or nothing. I mean, it was to a degree because I clearly couldn't come into the office, but I gave them another alternative. So the alternative was, I don't have to transfer you to another therapist in my office. I also don't have to give you referrals. I can still see you if you would like to see me via telehealth and these are the benefits. My schedule is more flexible, you know, and things like that. And out of about 25 active clients at that time, 10 to 12 clients stayed with me via telehealth. One particular client went to another therapist. They were an adolescent client. They had, you know, a lot more severe symptoms in which I just thought it would be better to see someone face to face and also that she can continue treatment beyond me having my son because I would clearly be on maternity leave at that point beyond the bed rest. And so Again, I'm sharing this with you because some of my clients chose not to do telehealth because of the myths or limiting beliefs that they created in their mind, despite me letting them know that even though the treatment may feel different, we can still do high quality care. And so what ended up happening when I returned back in May of the following year, some of my caseload never came back to treatment. So about half of my caseload decided they thought the stuff was going to hit the fan and they were just fine. And they actually had taught themselves that they knew way more coping skills than they assumed that they did. So they actually graduated from treatment before I came back. Another group of my clients chose not to come back because they prefer not to have to find a babysitter. They prefer not to have to drive to the office, not have to sit in traffic. So they said, you know what? We can keep this online thing because at first I didn't know what to expect But now that I've had a taste of it, I'm good. If we need to do a session in the office, can I let you know? And I said, yes. So can you believe that the only people that came back to my office were two clients, two. And one of them was that adolescent. She came back to my caseload. And the other one, they came back. And after two sessions, again, they graduated from treatment. So I'm sharing this with you 
because we can sometimes help facilitate the negative views of telehealth versus office if clients have a choice. And I'm here to tell you that it doesn't have to be and or or, it can be a mixture of both, okay? And so I want to make sure that you have a profitable business as a mental health professional, whether you are just beginning or you're revamping your practice. So I want to make sure that you're equipped to create a good foundation for your business so that when these things come up, you know how to tackle them as a business owner. I really hope that you're enjoying today's podcast episode. And yes, I am interrupting my own podcast to invite you to check out the Dope Therapist Academy, also known as DTA. We help therapists move from living check to check, not seeing their ideal clients in their practice, feeling overwhelmed as a result of running their practice by themselves and not seeing real profits in their business. All you have to do is head down to the show notes and click on the Dope Therapist Academy or visit us at www.drtk.com forward slash DTA. This program has helped numerous of therapists in over 30 states and it can help you too. The DTA program is perfect for any therapist or clinician either starting or revamping a private practice to experience exponential growth and earn 10K months or something better. So in just less than 60 days, our five-step profitable brand model will teach you the strategies to build your dream caseload for your ideal clients, create a profitable business blueprint so that you can have your dream schedule, gain clarity about your niche so that you can add streams of income beyond your wildest dreams, develop a wealth mindset as a business owner, not just an entrepreneur, so that your private practice can generate true profits, press the automation button in your back office so that your business can run effectively and efficiently while you live abundantly, and lastly, we'll help you delegate tasks to complete and accomplish the freedom lifestyle that you deserve. So regardless if you're a newbie, existing private practice business owner, or you have a private practice on the side part-time, you deserve to create a business and lifestyle full of abundance. So to learn more about the Dope Therapist Academy program, be sure to click the link in the show notes. And now let's tune back into our podcast episode. Okay, so now that we're back from that quick commercial, let's go ahead and continue to myth number two. So conducting telehealth is not as impactful as in-person treatment. Maybe that's something that you've told yourself or that the clients have told you when you have maybe provided them with a choice. And so again, let's go over a better quality question. So what transformations or social proof like testimonials from your clients that have been in therapy with you before, what transformations have they experienced as a result of telehealth versus in person? So this is really tacking on to the first myth, but now I really want you to look for social proof. What have your clients actually told you what worked and what didn't work? And did they really speak to a barrier being in place simply because you were online versus the office, or maybe they were ripping and running, trying to get to the telehealth platform. So they had to do it on their phone in their car. And maybe that became a barrier. So in terms of reframing, let's just say if you met with your client before the global pandemic, before this current era, 
What has been their positive feedback when you transitioned via telehealth? And I really want you to dig deep and look at your caseload to see if you have pushback from any clients when you had to move them via telehealth, even though they knew that we really didn't have a choice, those clients who you received pushback from, how are they doing now in treatment or how are they doing before they completed treatment with you? Because again, that can give you a big indicator that telehealth is not all bad. And so again, we're going to get rid of that myth, okay? Also, have you seen a difference in growth in terms of your client's progress via telehealth? And have you seen your practice grow because maybe you can serve more people via telehealth? So share a quick narrative story as well. I believe in a safe space. I know that when we provide telehealth, we have to make sure that our space is confidential as well as checking in with those clients that we see and ensuring that their space is confidential as well, that they have good Wi-Fi or internet connection and that they have headphones. So just in case they're in front of other people, we can still at least communicate with them, even though we know that there may be restrictions in terms of what they can tell us, because some people don't have the capacity to go into a corner and have a confidential conversation. And so I had a teenager on my caseload way before this pandemic and her mother, her family had moved 50 miles plus out from my physical office location. Now this was also a young woman who I felt like I was pulling teeth trying to get her to talk. And so when her mother moved her away, her mother didn't want me to stop uh, seeing her for treatment. So I moved her to a telehealth platform and literally the first session, I could not even talk much, which is a great thing. And her session lasted for a full 45 minutes. When she was in the office face-to-face, it wasn't that way. I don't think that she was uncomfortable, but it was a barrier there. And I couldn't figure out what it was because truth be told, I would have to bring her mother in about 25 minutes in the session to really just have a family conjoint session because the young lady wouldn't talk to me. However, when we moved online, she was like a totally different person. So I ended up telling her mother, don't bring her back to my office. Why am I bringing this up to you? Again, look at your caseload. When we look at the impact of providing services via telehealth or in person, it also depends on the type of client that you have, which means that you should be making a decision if you have the option of both on a case by case basis. And it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Maybe if they try one and less, you are limited with space in office. Maybe you're sharing an office space with someone. But if you have the ability like I had, where I had my own office space, I told the young lady's mother, I still want to have a family session, whether it be once a month, depending on what's going on with her or every other month. But when we have our family sessions, I'd prefer for those to be in person. And the mother was fine because they would still drive down because their family was still um, living near my office. Okay. So now let's move on to the third myth. Okay. So insurance companies will stop reimbursing telehealth after this era is over. And so a better quality question is, have you actually contacted the insurance companies to determine if they have a plan of if they're going to, in the future, restrict telehealth? The reason why I chose to bring this myth up is that if you are a therapist and you are on or you're currently on insurance panels, certain insurance panels 
always told my practice, because I had a group practice at one point, no, when we wanted to do telehealth services, they said, nope, it's not allowed. And all of a sudden, when this pandemic hit, literally within 48 to 72 hours, we were able to bill with a CPT code, with an extra letter on our billing process, we were able to bill telehealth. And it just made me think of all the loopholes in the mental health system, because if they were able to transition that quickly due to a national emergency, that means that they could have always allowed us maybe to see clients. And could they have just potentially to me, personal opinion, could they have just allowed us to see maybe certain groups of clients who If we serve marginalized populations or individuals who live in lower SES communities who have gas issues, who work on the other side of town, but maybe culturally competent wise, they want to see a therapist who looks like them, we should allow them to see us via telehealth. And so first you want to, if we're talking about now the reframe of taking action, you want to be able to contact the insurance panels ask them, do they have a plan? And even though they may not have a date, at least note that either they said they don't have a plan or if they do have a plan, you may want to note what the plan is, okay? So that you can know, okay, starting January, 2022, I'm no longer gonna be able to bill clients through this insurance panel via online because um, recently on Facebook, I did a, is your private practice pandemic proof workshop? It was for an hour. It's on my podcast and I believe it's on YouTube as well. But one of the things that I covered is therapists doing an assessment on your business, because if we really look at how therapists were able to build their business during these times, you didn't have to do a lot of marketing. You literally showed up, said that you were a therapist, you were licensed or not licensed, depending on on your states. And people just started seeing you. You were able to build your caseload. But what goes up must come down. And it doesn't mean that people won't deem mental health as important as it is now, but people are going to start going back into autopilot in their lives. Children are already going back to school. Colleges are already reopening. People are already going back to their jobs. And so what does that mean for you if you don't know how to market your business? So make sure to check out the Dope Therapist Academy because marketing is part of what we coach and teach you about in that program so that your practice can be open beyond a era like the one that we're in now. So As I mentioned, I am an insurance provider and being a part of Medi-Cal in California, those plans would not allow us to build Medi-Cal before the pandemic. However, these are just some quick tips is as you are moving closer, potentially to moving back to an office or getting an office, if that is your choice, you definitely want to ask the insurance company, will they still pay for clients who are seen online, even if you have a physical office, because not all therapists are choosing to stay online. Also, you want to have a conversation with your clients. Let them know, especially for those clients who first start seeing you via telehealth, you want to let them know if you're fully transitioning back into your office, when would be the last date that they can see you via telehealth if that's the case? Because if they live 200 miles away from you because telehealth has opened doors for therapists to see clients across their entire state that they are licensed in. Clients clearly cannot come see you if they're 200 miles away each week. So don't forget about having the conversation with your clients, okay? 
So in total, what we've talked about today are three myths to help you decide if you should only do telehealth, if you should go back into your office, or if you can do a mixture of both like I did with that adolescent client. So we talked about debunking the myth of therapists should go back into their office because that is best with for the therapy client. We talked about also conducting telehealth is not impactful as it is in the office. Now we know that that's not true. If you really just look at your client's progress, I know that you're a great therapist if you look at your track record. And then number three, we looked at insurance companies either accepting or denying providers' ability to continue telehealth services. So I really hope that you enjoyed this podcast episode. If you are watching on the video, please share this with your therapist friends as well as on the podcast. If you're listening on the podcast, make sure that you follow us so that you can be in tune with any podcast episodes that come up. And if you are watching this via video, please give me a thumbs up and also leave me feedback. Let me know what was your biggest takeaway and also what other things do you want to learn about in the mental health business arena? Because there are not a lot of people that are talking to you about how to have a profitable business and lifestyle. Now, again, if you want to hear more about the Dope Therapist Academy, we have some awesome things coming up. Make sure that you check out the link in the bio. We may have an event coming up. We may have a wait list for you to learn more, but make sure that you check it out. And if it's something that you deem you need in the next six months or in your business right now, whether you are starting a private practice or revamping your current practice, we are here to help you. So I will see you in the next episode and continue to manifest abundance. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast episode today. I am super excited to see your growth in your business, career, money, and relationships. Be sure to check me out on Instagram at Dr. TK Psych, where you can find daily inspiration and tips to live your abundant lifestyle. 